designed with women in mind as we delve into what it means to be a true follower of Christ and how to navigate our daily lives, my prayer is simply that my speech will be theologically sound and that our words will be encouraging and life-giving. We will have different guests in the weeks to come and will be looking from various perspectives while staying ever true to God's Word. The title of the podcast is Beautiful Imperfection, As we go about our busy, chaotic lives, we tend to focus on the doing and not the being of who God created us to be. We sometimes get it backwards. In this podcast, we will discuss from week to week the being, our identity in Christ, produces the doing, and that the doing is an overflow of who we are in Him. We are imperfect in every way, but Jesus is perfect. The beauty in our imperfection is Him. So wherever you are in your season of life, if you're in your car, in your laundry room, or sitting in your favorite chair, grab a cup of coffee and take a deep breath. Relax and listen in as we look and talk about what being in Christ really means and how the Bible explains that it is not our imperfection that makes or breaks us, but that it is his perfection that covers us and that we can find rest in that promise. Then we serve him out of an abundance of love that only comes through him. Lean in with us. Here we go. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Today we are looking at verse 8. I hope you're enjoying this journey. If you haven't noticed already, I'm green at podcasting and I own it, (laughs) but growing together is what it's all about. Before we go further, I do want to remind you that we are not in any way saying that you are doing these things to earn anything. As we mentioned in earlier weeks, it is because of God's work in our lives that we exhibit these attitudes, and as a result, we receive the ability to share more with others. For instance, last week, if we show mercy, then we are shown mercy, and we are given more mercy to share again and again. Let's jump in. All right. I'm going to read Matthew 5, 1 through 12. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on the mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the poor in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those When people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me, rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So read verse 8 one more time. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Yeah, so in our hearts, we are always in pursuit of something or our desires and So just as we are pursuing of something in life, we are directed by whatever our highest desire is. So whatever our heart is desiring, it creates action in our lives. So what we delight in makes a difference in our life. Mm -hmm. 
So in Psalm 37, 4 says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Psalm 51, 10, create in me a clean heart O God and renew a right spirit within me. I pray this every single morning, create a new heart in me. If there's anything in there that needs to not be there, God, that you would show me that I can remove that. And so, and, and renew a right spirit within me. Um, you know, we can be led by spirit, the spirit of God, mm-hmm. <laughs> or the, the spirit of the evil, That, um, but the right spirit within me would be a spirit of yearning after him and, and serving him. So the heart, in a, a natural term, means our, ca- our uh, causal core, whatever makes us do what we do of our life being what causes us to do what we do, we better make sure it is set in the right direction, right? Mm-hmm. God tells us to love the Lord God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, all a part of our makeup. You're not making makeup on the outside, right, Pam? <laughs> <laughs> no. All right. <laughs> but actually, it we, it does us good to wear that, though. <laughs> I think people are saying thank you sometimes when I That's wear makeup. Right. But anyway, but in our um, our makeup on the inside, I like to say um, it is the control panel of life, the computer mainframe, uh, music soundboard. Um, you get the picture. Whatever it right. is that you are projecting from your life needs to come from that heart of being in the right spirit. Uh, John seven thirty eight. Whoever believes in me as the as the spirit, as the scripture has said, sorry, out of the heart will flow rivers of living water. And Proverbs four twenty three, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the springs of life. Um, it also tells us that the heart is deceitfully wicked, doesn't it? Mm. Um, it can be the conqueror or the culprit <laughs> all at the same time. Um, so, how can the heart be changed? Well. If the heart is the causal core of our being, like we said earlier today, then the heart has to be tuned to the right source. Hebrews says that the word of God is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. It is here that salvation is experienced. Romans ten nine, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God hath raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So what other things do we try, might be trying humanly, Lindsay, to reach that goal? Yeah, it's, um, I feel like it's the inside um, that is really the focus um, on in our hearts. I, I, I think about actually um, when we give our hearts to God or we give our hearts in marriage to one another, um, we are giving our ultimate um, inside we're sacrificing um, and committing to one another from a marriage perspective. That same thing is actually um, in our relationship with the Lord um, that we are committing in our hearts um, to him. And I also think about that whole commitment, Pam, because Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of times when um, we think that our heart is given to someone else or to God um, himself. Mm-hmm. And um, we can quickly 
Um, it's that reference that everyone likes to use, but it's actually a great reference um, that we say, are you opening up all your doors in your house of your heart mm-hmm. to God? Or are you closing them off? Mm-hmm. And, um, and what doors do you need to open up to the Lord to right. create that pure heart? Yeah, and it's, it's a covenant and not a transaction. Right. We live in a transactional world where you do this for me, I'll do this for you, you know, or how we, this is, you know, we pay for things thinking that we're attaining something, mm-hmm. um, but it's a covenant of the heart. Um, so it's an inside job, isn't it? Oh. <laughs> and uh, can only happen from the inside. And then whatever's on the inside comes out. So the Pharisees tried to please God, but they ignored the heart and majored on the outward action. And that's what was happening in this sermon um, before that when they were following along with Jesus and trying to just hear what he was going to say. Because they really were already mad at him and they wanted him to say something that they could grasp. But um, it's easy to get caught up in the minor things and miss what God majors on. So the highest joy comes from the heart that is set on Christ. And when our hearts are pure and fixed, not mixed with the world, but intentionally fixed on him and the purity there, the vision becomes clear and we will see God. Pure has two basic meanings, clean and unmixed. The cleansing of the heart by faith, when God grants us salvation, he does more than just wash away our sins, but he puts within us a new heart totally focused on him. Pure in heart in the beatitude speaks to both being clean and unmixed. It's purified. You know, I think about unmixed. Um, So are you mean, are you meaning being sincere? Well, unmixed with, yes, being sincere (laughs) about God and not about the things of the world, because, you know, what the Bible talks about how we can't serve God and money or Mm -hmm. God and anything else, anything that puts our hearts toward besides God would be mixing it up, right? True. So we wouldn't be pure in heart toward God because we would be um, looking at this other thing and maybe there's some good there and maybe I'll lean more toward that. Mm -hmm. And then it takes us away from the purity of heart. It takes us because we become mixed with something else. Like if you um, mix two colors in a crayon. You have two colors that come out one, right? One color. So, but it's not really the color you want. I mean, if you mix certain colors, it comes out really ugly, right? (laughs) So if we want the purity, then we're going to use the colors that we know make the beautiful color that we want it to be and not just grab any two crayons. Is that stupid? No, it's good. (laughs) Does that make sense? Okay. So we're going to very choose the things that will be pure. Um, And, you know, it's really important too. I think we talked a little bit about choices last week. Um, When we're thinking about the choices that we make on a daily basis, we make a choice today that may determine what choices we have tomorrow. Mm. So I think it's important that we look at the choices that we make from day to day, because what comes from that choice are the consequences like we talked about, or so for choosing to be pure in uh, our hearts toward God and choosing him to be number one without mixing in all those other things, then we have better choices tomorrow without the consequences. It's that integrity. Yes. It is a spiritual and moral integrity. 
Um, it is the singleness of heart. Um, so the writer, um, Samuel Johnson, said, Integrity without knowledge is weak and useless, and knowledge without integrity is dangerous and dreadful. So we can have all the knowledge in the world of, you know, in our heads, and we think we search for that, and we try to be, you know, the smartest person in the room or whatever that is, and it really doesn't amount to much without the integrity. Um, as a matter of fact, that can sometimes lead us off in a different direction and our makeup becomes <laughs> something different than God intended it to be. Um, there's an illustration that um, Peter loved Jesus and boasted that he would die for him. He had integrity without knowledge of what was to come. Judas, on the other hand, who betrayed Jesus, had knowledge but no integrity. And so I think that is... Um, the importance of that, uh, to have a relationship with Jesus Christ and a singleness of heart, to honor and serve him without paying cadence to the world, um, is the kind of heart that is pure and will see God. And that's what this beatitude is talking about. James 4.4 4 says that if we are a friend of the world, we are an enemy of God. The only way to clear up the problem is to purify your hearts and integrity of the heart. Now, Pam, um, help us understand what it is to have a heart that is not pure. Uh, the heart is in a battle, isn't it? Um, it's like oh, the yeah. Pharisees that uh, I mentioned earlier. They did everything on the outside to have the appearance of pleasing God, but it never came from the heart. It was a surface level. It was all the things on the outside trying to work its way in. But we're talking about, like we said, an inside job that's working from the inside out. Right. Um, and then there's the story of David, who, th who through all his many failures, God called a man after his own heart. The reason was because David came to the end of himself and repented wholeheartedly. Um, then he sought God with a pure heart. Kind of like our heart keeps chasing success and pleasures after we know it's not what really gives us joy. Or how about um, when we believe we can fake it till we make it until we're actually are, it's untrue of ourselves and we don't make it. It's just, it's just so exhausting, <laughs> it <is> right? Exhausting. <laughs> um, we can, we can strive and strive and strive and become so exhausted that we can't even think about what the right thing is sometimes. Mm -hmm. And then, but if we allow, if we're being who God created us to be, through the identity that he has given us, mm -hmm. then we can do a lot more than we ever think, uh, than we could ever dream of doing on our own. Um, so uh, there's so many illustrations that I see today. Um, there's a, it's kind of a, kind of a funny but sad story. There was a lady that I know um, years and years ago um, and she would sing, and she really, bless her heart. I mean, it really wasn't that good. Yeah, but she would always say, and I know you've probably heard this before, don't listen to, to me, just listen to the words, and, I, and you know, let God speak to you. And I wanted to yell out from the audience, listen, he doesn't want you to mention his name before you say <laughs> It's kind of like if you've ever seen Runaway Bride, mm -hmm. the story where, um, he, he's going through and he's about to be fired for something that he wrote in a column. Mm -hmm. And so the assistant's sitting outside the door and he said, I'm going to put a good, good word in for you in there. And she said, oh, no, don't mention my name because she knew <laughs> that he was about to be fired. But anyway, this lady, she um, 
was um, one of the uh, people that would come and say, you know, hey, tell me, tell me what your prayer needs are because I really want to pray for you. And you knew that you shouldn't tell her anything specific. Mm-hmm. And so, but she was had grown quite a bit in Christ and was talking about how, um, you know, he had changed her life and all these things. And she was going along really well. And then one day something happened that she didn't think should have happened. She wanted to, um, something that wasn't even that huge in the scheme of things. Um, but she felt like God hadn't answered her prayer in the way that he want that she wanted it answered. And instead of turning to him and saying, you know, what can I do? And this is what we all do. And I'm not being critical of her one bit. I'm just using an illustration of it. it's so easy to say, God, this is not what I had in mind. And God says, this isn't what I had in mind either. This is what I had in mind. Are you going to follow me? Are you going to drop it just because I didn't do something that you wanted to do? That's transactional. Mm-hmm. But the commitment says that I'm going to follow God no matter what. And so, um, you know, she quickly turned from God and her life kind of just fell apart. And I kind of lost ta- contact with her since then. But um, but I watched this who seemingly had a great relationship with Christ, how easy it is for us to do that same thing mm-hmm. and say, okay, God, I've been praying about this one thing and I know that what's happening can't be your will. So I really want to know what your will is and I really want to follow it. And I really want this person to follow that. Mm-hmm. But then we don't really have control over what that person does, mm-hmm. even though we want God to orchestrate things in such a way that would bring them into a way. And, you know, the thing about it is, is we know that no matter what's going on, even if it looks like God is not working, he's always working. And I think that is something that we need to keep um, before us. And because if God doesn't answer our prayer, um, it's not that we need to quit church or we need to quit God or we need to quit whatever it is, he is answering prayer, but he's not answering prayer the way we think he should answer prayer sometimes. And who are we to tell him how to answer it? Or when to answer or it. Or when to answer it, yes. And um, so that makes a person who, when we respond that way, it makes us um, like the Pharisees. We pretend to be holy. Um, but eventually it shows up as shallow. And it is not life-giving. And so it it turns people in a different way to look at. So if we don't live with the integrity of heart, the purity of heart, and we say that we're a believer, then people are watching to see what we're doing. And we don't want it to be shallow. And we don't want it to be hollow. We want it to be life-giving. And um, it's exhausting, like we were talking about, to try to serve two masters. I mean, there is no substitute for having a full, life-giving heart of integrity. So a blessed, pure heart um, is the, the second half of the verse, um, we shall see God. This is the highest position of blessing that we can hope for because it is the answer to hope, peace, our source of strength and encouragement. Nothing is higher than God. There is no one you you could ever meet, no matter how great you think they are, that could be even a speck of the um, how great he is. 
and the excitement of seeing him. This is where our inspiration to live for him comes from. Again, not that we work for it, but that we live in it. It is the being who we are in Christ. So our listeners, again, I'm always thinking about them and also even thinking about the literal sense that most people think. Mm -hmm. So since God can't be seen in a physical sense, at least not here on earth, um, how do we see him? I think he he speaks to us in ways that only, you know, as a believer, we, it's not like he shows up and says, okay, go over here and do this and that or the other talk on this podcast about me, do this or, but he leads us through our spirit in the sense that when we read his word, we see him. Um, when we see his creation, we see him. Uh, when we see the things that he does in our lives, we see the storms, the rain, Um, we see the seeds that the farmer plants and then we see the life that comes from that. And he uses all these things throughout the Bible, um, to see him in all kinds of circumstances, even miracles. I mean, it can only be God, right? Right. And so we've prayed for people and people are healed sometimes and sometimes they're healed by going to heaven. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's a ultimate healing. That's the ultimate healing. Sometimes they're healed through medicine or other things. But we can see God working in life, and we know that it has to be him because there's no way that it could it could be that way without it, um, without him. So I think um, that we don't physically see him. We physically see the results of him and who he is and what he does in our lives and through our hopes and our circumstances and um, in the joy that we feel, I mean, there's certain experiences that only God, we could see through the eyes of God that make our hearts feel excitement or joy um, or peace. So it's all the things that he gives us within our hearts. Um, we see the things of God. Um, we see people like he sees them. We love because he placed that love in our hearts. If we see God out of a pure heart, then we will see him whether others see him or not. Um, We'll see him working in our hearts, and they will see him working in our hearts. And our heart's knowledge of God leads us to purity, and we see him through spiritual eyes. And one day, we will see him face to face. Mm. That's beautiful. So what would be the most important thing, Pam, um, that you can leave us with today? I think it would be to remember that the most important part of you in your life is the part that others can't see. Um, So we talk about our spiritual makeup and not our outside makeup of the things that they see. And we want them to see the works, the things that God leads us to do, the the good things. But the things that they can't see are the things that are of great importance. Uh, He sees our heart and he knows our heart very well. Um, He knows whether it's pure and whether it's not. And so if our hearts are pure, then and only then will we see God and receive all that he has for us in the life now and in the life to come. So next week, we have a a special um, treat coming your way because we have a friend, Rontina de Graffenreed, will be with us, and she's going to talk about how... We can use the Beatitudes with our kids and um, how he can use that in being 
kids being like Jesus. How, and That's that is great. so important. If we can start there and start teaching them these things, and they'll come uh, to know Christ, and they, their identity, too, will be in him. So we're excited about that and look forward to having Rontina. And so we've reached a stopping point for today. But join us again next week for Blessed are the Peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you have gleaned something of value that will help you in your day-to-day lives and draw you closer to living fully in who God designed you to be. Until next time, you are beautiful in His sight. If you've been thinking and listening to us and wondering, how can this become a reality in my life? How, does, how can my identity be in Christ? And you've never received him. I'd like to give you the opportunity to do that right now by praying a sinner's prayer. It's a very simple prayer, and it goes like this. Lord, thank you so much for loving me. Thank you for going to the cross and dying for my sins. I open up my heart. I ask you to come in. Please forgive me for everything that I've done and help me to walk with you as I follow you in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, we would love to connect with you and help you as you start your life in Christ. Please visit thebestnews.org.